0: Well, good morning. Glad you could all join us today. There's Pastor David and Justin here with me in our sanctuary. I'm looking forward to the the day when we get together again together and worship together and hear the word of God together. Um, But in the meantime, I'm glad that you're able to join us, and uh, I have the privilege this morning of sharing God's word and uh, so I want to thank you for the privilege that you've given us to speak into your lives um, online. Um, I really want to thank everybody uh, who's been continuing to give it. Um, I know the times are challenging. I know there's uncertainty and sometimes in businesses and in job situations and in life situations Uh um but you've been consistent solid rock family you've been consistent and i want to thank you and uh, just share my appreciation with everyone that has continued to give it's just been a blessing um expenses don't stop maybe they've lowered cuz we don't not meeting together but they don't stop and i uh, want to thank you for continuing to give um Thank you, Justin, for those announcements that you gave, and uh, we're going to just dig right into the Word of God this morning. The past two weeks have been two amazing messages by Pastor David, speaking into our lives, prophetically and scripturally, speaking into our lives, giving us principles, giving us guidance, and giving us hope, and I want to continue along the same thread, I want to look at an aspect of Abraham from Romans chapter 4, and then I want to move into just a little bit of where we've been with heaven on earth this month. I want to move into Psalms 91. It's a couple incredible principles that are real practical in us digging in and seeing the fulfillment of God's promises in our lives. So this morning I want to start by just reading, just reading the passage in Romans, and it's it's a passage that I was introduced to many years ago. But every time I read it, it's one of those passages that you go back to if if you're in a dry season um, or you're just like in in a time where uh, where do I where do I read? It's one of those passages that um, I go back to uh, many occasions and. As I've been was listening to Pastor David, the the Holy Spirit just kind of um, highlighted even just a single word in this passage, and so I Goog, uh I looked in my concordance, found it, and it was like Romans chapter four, and it was like, okay, I love this passage, and I want to read it, and uh, maybe as I read it, I might go into a few explanations, but uh, I just want to read this passage, and I'm. I pray that the Holy Spirit will just, as you hear some of these words, may just ignite hope, may just blow upon the flames, maybe blow upon the embers um, that are, are in your spirit um, in regards to some promises that God's made over your life. Um, I'm going to pray before I read. And, and Holy Spirit, as, as I read this passage, they were words that were inspired by you as paul wrote these are the words that that you highlighted and literally had him write these specific words and i just pray as these words are are spoken into the atmosphere that holy spirit you will just use those these your words to ignite revitalize rekindle refresh your promises in our lives amen amen as i uh looked at the one word that the holy spirit highlighted to me i went back one verse and then as i studied a little more i went back another and i just thought you know what i just i have to read this whole section so we're going to start romans chapter four we're going to start at verse 13 it was it, this passage is talking about how righteousness was imputed to Abraham through his faith and his faith was in the promise in the word that God had spoken over him and then how righteousness then extends to everyone who is born of his seed and it's very specific. We'll we'll read here verse 13 for the promise That he, Abraham, should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect because the law worketh wrath for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. That's every one of us. And it'll specify. The Bible is amazing at interpreting itself, so we'll just actually just keep reading. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So if you've accepted Christ as your Savior and are born again, you're now of the seed of Abraham. As is it is written, we're on verse 17 right now. I have made thee a father of many nations. And this was spoken before him whom he believed. So before the person that Abraham literally believed, and in it interprets itself, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. If there's an area in, um, I'm going to just start talking, I I can't get, we're going to continue reading. Uh, This is an amazing phrase. God who quickens the dead. So if there's something in your life that you feel has just gone dead or There was a promise or you see something in the word or there's something in your spirit. And literally you have not seen any evidence of it coming forth in your life. It says God quickens the dead things and he calls those things which are not as though they were. So literally God can create something out of nothing. If nothing seems to be working in your life, God At the snap, or even faster than the snap of the finger, can make it alive, make it appear, and make things start happening. So never give up. Maybe in your financial world, nothing is adding up, nothing's making sense, and nothing's going anywhere. God, at the snap of a finger, can bring a person, bring a project, bring a job, can just out of nothing create something. Maybe in your health, you're seeing no advancements, no no, um, recovery. Maybe things are literally going downhill. God, at the snap, quicker than a snap of the finger, can bring health, bring wholeness, bring healing. Because God can bring something out of nothing. So never give up. Never lose hope. And literally it says in a minute, I'll get to it. It says against all odds, against hope. Abraham took hope in what he believed God. He literally out of hope, he hoped in what God had spoken. Let's continue. I am not going to not get to my practical points that I really want to get to. Who God who quickens the dead, verse 17, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Listen to this Abraham, who against hope believed in hope, he took the words, So shall thy seed be. He took those words, and nothing was happening. Everything literally was dead. And he took those words, and it says, He believed in the hope of those words. Even though there was no hope, naturally, he took what God said and he believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations. Here, listen to this phrase, according to that which was spoken. He took what God had spoken and he came into agreement with it. Even though there didn't seem to be any way. As I read that verse, According to that which was spoken, another person came to my mind. Mary. She was not married. Married. Mary was not married. And an angel appeared and said, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah. And she said, how can this be? And the angel spoke these words. I had it a little later in my message, but I want to read these words. The angel said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. She says, well, how can that be? She said, how can that be? And once the angel spoke those words over her, she said, be it unto me according to thy word. She took a hold of the words that were spoken over her, just as Abraham took those words that were spoken over him and clung to them, believed in them, and did not waver. The same attitude Mary had as Abraham. And out of that, the promise was fulfilled because they did not give up. Mary had this child, the Son of God, a miracle. And then literally it took 30 years. Abraham, I believe, Pastor David, I think it was 25 years. Mary waited 30. We always focus on Abraham. But this morning, as I was just reading about Mary, it was 30 years. For Mary to see the fulfillment, the coming forward. What an amazing woman Mary was. To take a hold and said, be it unto me according to your word. Within the next year, she has a beautiful child. Several prophetic words spoken over that child, Jesus Christ and literally, it was 30 years before she saw the fulfillment. I don't know what she was thinking those 30 years. The, the Bible is silent on many of those years. But I can imagine Mary wondering, okay, when is the time going to be? He's 10. I don't see anything really happening. 20. Okay, he's a young man. Uh, he's following in his, his, his father's footsteps of carpentry. 25 years. Okay, Lord, what's going on? 30 years. And then a marriage. They run out of wine. And Mary says, whatever he says to you. Can you imagine? 30 years in the waiting. Sarah, 25 years. Decades. One, one translation says decades of barrenness. But they never let go of what was spoken over them. And I want to encourage you, don't let go of what God has spoken over you. Who against hope, I'm verse 18, against hope, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not. That was the word, staggered. He did not stagger at what God had promised. 25 years. 25 years in the making, he did not stagger at what God had spoken. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God giving glory to God even when nothing was happening. Even when the deadness continued, he gave glory to God. His life honoring God, giving glory to God, even when it seemed like the promise would never happen, when nothing seemed to be moving forward, he was able to give glory to God. And being fully persuaded. I I love going back to this passage. Because listen to these phrases. Against hope, he believed in hope. Without becoming weak in faith, he kept moving and giving glory to God. He did not waver. He staggered not in his belief. Being fully persuaded. That he, God, who had promised, was able to. To perform. If there is a dream that has been deposited by the Holy Spirit in your heart and you've seen nothing happening. If there's been more prophetic words spoken over you and you just feel that there's no way it's ever going to happen or come to pass. Keep believing. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing into what? Knowing God. Seeking his face. Sanctifying your life. Continue moving forward in what you know. Your relationship. Becoming more and more like Christ. Establishing the mind of Christ. Renewing your mind. Being sanctified and regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Move forward in that. And when the time is right, you will be ready. Don't wait to get ready When you finally see the dream happening or the promise being fulfilled, it's going to be too late. Prepare yourself now. Move forward now in what you know. He was being fully persuaded, Abraham, that God, what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Wow. It says, Abraham staggered not. I've always been intrigued at that. So I looked it up in the green. Of course. I looked it up in the concordance. Staggered means to be separated thoroughly. It's a Greek word that is diakrino. It means thoroughly separated. There's two aspects to being separated. First, he did not allow his mind to become separated from what God had spoken over him. He allowed nothing to get in the way. He he messed up. We've listened to Pastor David for a couple weeks. He was not the perfect man. But it says he was fully persuaded. He was fully persuaded. He let nothing get in between what God had said and what was going through his thoughts. And there was all kinds of different thoughts going through his head. And I'm sure there's different thoughts that go through our minds. So he would not allow anything to separate him from the promise that God had spoken. The second aspect of the word separated Means to literally to be at variance with yourself. And what does that mean? There's one side of us. Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit, communicates with our mind, will, emotions, speaks over us, and we're going a hundred percent forward in what God had promised. Moving forward, pursuing, advancing in God, growing in God, hundred percent. Sure of the promise of God in our lives. Then there's another side that gets whispered to and says, "I'm not good enough. I've got these weaknesses. they're going to catch up with me. I know they're going to catch up with. I've got this past. I've got this past that is going to catch up with me. And we're at variance. One moment, we're 100% moving forward towards the promise. The next, we're like almost depressed thinking, there's no way this is going to happen. Everything is just dead. There's There's no even sign of what God promised happening in my life. But God can make something out of nothing. So stay. Stay in this position. I found this message. I never preached it. I had, and the date on the file that I put this message together was June 2015. Five years ago, Pastor David. You know what we were talking about? We were talking about territory. Territory. And this is what Jesus, these were some of the notes, this is what Jesus said over to Peter, that Satan desires to have you so that he can sift you And this is the process that I wrote down. It's only four steps. It says, he puts thoughts into your head. You're not good enough. You'll never make it. Nothing's happening. Your past, your weaknesses, no talent, no education, no finances. And he puts all these thoughts into your head. Second part of his sifting is these thoughts become part of your attitude. I was reading a book, I forget the exact name of the book. It says that if you allow something to sit in your brain and your thoughts long enough, it actually literally then becomes part of your thought process. So Satan attacks you, and he's trying to sift you, and he throws thoughts after thought after thought after circumstance after situation. He throws, and all of a sudden your attitude starts to shift. All of a sudden, the attitude becomes actions. And we stop being faithful. We stop reading our Bible. We stop praying. We stop attending church. We stop gathering together. All of a sudden, our actions are now indicative of our attitudes and our thoughts. And finally, your future. Your future ends off, ends 10 miles different than what God's destiny was for your life. Why? Because you allowed the thoughts. You allowed the sifting. Abraham staggered not. He did not allow thoughts of failure, thoughts of weakness, thoughts of deadness. He did not allow them to penetrate his soul and his spirit, but rather he clung to. He did not allow himself to be separated from the promise of God over his life. Today, here's a a passage of scripture that just went through my head. When my heart is, it's Psalm 61, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock. Psalm 61, I think it's verse 2 or 3. There are many of us, That can feel overwhelmed. And literally the situation that we find ourselves in in society right now, we can feel overwhelmed. This morning, I want to turn your attention back to the rock. Back to Jesus Christ. Back to our Lord and Savior. And look at what he's done for us. Don't lose your hope. Abraham staggered not. Abraham was fully persuaded. Abraham did not allow the weakness to overcome and infiltrate into his thought process. But he stayed steady. He stayed firm to obtain the promise. He did not waver, but rather grew stronger in his faith. I want to spend the last few moments. I I love the passage, heaven on earth. If you don't have these cards, go to our website, look them up. Heaven on earth. Psalms 91. I want to spend a minute on four different words. Hopefully, a minute. Verse, and I can only get through verse one. He that dwells, in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where are you dwelling? I wrote this phrase down. What you dwell on is where you end up dwelling. Are you dwelling on disappointments in life? If you dwell on the disappointments long enough, you'll end up dwelling there. Do you dwell on perceived offenses? If you dwell on an offense long enough, next thing you know, you're living in the offense. If you dwell on the weaknesses, dwell on the failures, you begin living in the weaknesses, and you begin living and dwelling in the failures. Are you dwelling on what God spoke? Are you dwelling on what God has spoken over your life? Are you dwelling on literally his words of life Are you dwelling on what he has said about you? Literally, it says that when you are born again, you are born of the seed of God. Can you imagine if you thought about who God is? And literally that you are born of the seed of God. And that as Christ is, so am I in this world. Can you imagine if we dwelt on what God has said about it? Look at the life of Christ and then say, whoa, what Jesus did, he's given me the power and the authority to do and to walk in. Is that what you're dwelling on? Are you dwelling on what God has spoken over you, whether in a dream, in a vision, or in a prophetic word, in a dream that he's embedded into? Are you pursuing and dwelling on what God has spoken strengthening that building that because the longer you dwell on it pretty soon that's where you are dwelling the word dwell also does not just mean dipping my toe in a pool and say hey i went for a swim you dip your pool that's ah, too cold you didn't go for a swim that's not dwelling Dwelling is not an overnight stay. Dwelling is not a two-hour service and then nobody sees or hears of you for another month. That's not dwelling. Dwelling is jumping in. Dwelling is staying. Dwelling is making your home. Where are you making your home? What you dwell on. Where your thought life is. That's what's going to become part of your life and that's what you're going to dwell in. And that choice, listen, that choice is yours. You can take thoughts captive and you can reject certain thought patterns. You can resist certain thought processes. That choice is yours to resist it, to reject it, and then position yourself on dwelling on God's word and on what he's spoken about you. Your choice. He that dwells in the secret place, the word secret, if you go to your Strong's Concordant, H5643, it literally means a place that's hidden, secret. And then it says, specially a veil. Can you imagine the connection? What's behind the veil? When David spoke, Psalms 91. What was behind the veil? The presence. If you dwell within the veil, it's not some, you know what? If you have, I love walking in the morning. And when I walk in the morning, I talk and commune with God. And that becomes my secret place. That's his presence. Where do you encounter God's presence? If it's in your car on the way to work and you set aside that, that's that time for, for pursuing and communing with God, that's your secret place. It's the secret place is the place where you come into his presence. It's literally, specifically a veil, the word secret is the veil. Jesus Christ, when he he died on the cross, it says the veil was torn. The veil was torn. And now we all have open access through Jesus Christ to the throne, to the presence. Anytime, anywhere, you have access to the secret place. So if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, You will abide. You will continue. You will tarry. You will literally dwell. You will live under the shadow of the Almighty. This this is amazing. I want to close with this thought. The shadow of the Almighty. It was the very words that the angel gave to Mary. It says, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The power of the highest shall overshadow you. I'm going to read these words directly out of the Greek concordance for what overshadowed. It means to throw a shadow upon, which is when Peter walked past people. His shadow, he overshadowed people. That's the same word. He overshadowed people and they were healed. The Mount of Configuration to envelop in a shadow. There was a cloud that came and enveloped Jesus and and the two patriarchs. It literally says a cloud came and enveloped and the word is overshadowed them. And third, it to overshadow listen to this the it comes from a vaporous cloud that cast a shadow the word is transferred to a shining cloud the trans, mount of transfiguration and enveloping persons with brightness now listen figuratively It is of the Holy Spirit exerting his creative life, his vitality, his dynamics, his energy. It's literally the Holy Spirit exerting his creative dynamics upon the womb of the Virgin Mary. It's a word which seems to have been drawn from the familiar Old Testament idea of a cloud as symbolizing, listen to this, the immediate presence and power of God. So if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you will literally dwell, you will abide, you will continue your life under the shadow of Almighty God. You will continue your life under the presence and His power. Literally life transforming. His, God's power. And literally, if you stay in that mindset, that attitude, those actions, the actions, not of, not of the law, but of pursuing, the actions of pursuing, becoming more and more like Christ. You're not trying to be good enough to make something happen. You're not exerting your energies to try to make something happen. You're exerting your energies to become more and more like Christ. You're dwelling on him. You become like him. And as you do that, there will be a moment in time where God moves his hand, creates creatively in your life his power will show up in your life and make things move make things happen make things alive that's my prayer for you get heaven on earth cards start pouring through them make the declarations look at the promises institute the devotional aspect Get it working in your life. Dwell on him. Dwell on Christ. Dwell on our Lord and Savior, our Father. Dwell and commune with the Holy Spirit. And as you do, his power will show up in your life. His anointing will show up in your life. Why? Because the Bible says it. God's word says it. If you will dwell in his secret place, You will abide under the creative dynamics of God himself. That's how Abraham, Abraham, 25 years, sometimes failures, sometimes mistakes, sometimes lying. Yet he did not let go. He dwelt on the promise. He took those words. He dwelt on them. He made them part of his life and he would not allow any circumstance to separate him. Nothing separated him from the promise. How do you do that? You dwell in the secret place. You dwell on God's words. You dwell on his promises. You become more and more like Christ. You know, if you live in the doubts, in the weaknesses, and in the failures, it's literally you're in survival mode. Survival mode. If you dwell on the promises, you dwell on God's word, you actively take your life and become more and more like Christ. You live in the dynamic mode of his power and his anointing. And you will overcome. You will be prosperous. You will um, attain the promises. You will live in, walk in the promises that God has for you and spoken over your life. Amen. Amen. I encourage you, go back a couple weeks. Go online. Go to our website. You can find the two past messages by Pastor David, just inspiring, listen to them, and then start instituting some practices in your life. Amen. I want to bless you. I want to say thank you for joining us. And I just want to take the the blessing from Numbers chapter 6 and speak them over your life. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.